Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a very special guest with us, Matt Corson. He is a recent college graduate and a motivational speaker, and he's here today to share his amazing journey over the past few years after facing an injury from an accident. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited to be able to share with our listeners some of your story and what you've learned on your journey. And before we get to the accident, can you share with the listeners some of your life prior to that event? You know, kind of how you grew up, where you grew up, what kind of motivated you to be who you were up until that point? Growing up, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, and I was always an athlete. As a kid, I had two older brothers that I looked up to that I wanted to be just like, and uh, they were all athletes. So I was a baseball player. I was a football player. I was an outdoorsman. I guess I did it all. I was very active Mm -hmm. and just tried to live life to the fullest in a way and uh, just with with really little, any, with no care in the world, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to explain it. That sounds like a wonderful life to have. I like that. It was. Absolutely. And how old were you when your accident occurred, and what exactly happened on the day that changed your life? Okay. On April the 23rd, 2006, I was a college sophomore in uh, Little Rock. And that evening, I wanted to go down to a friend's house. I went to get in my truck to start my truck and Nothing, it just clicked. The battery was dead. So I hopped on my four-wheeler, just like any other Arkansan, and I took off. And the next thing I knew, I woke up and I was staring at the stars, unable to move. Mm. I knew I knew something wasn't good. So I stood there and tried to get up, and I couldn't move. And mm-hmm. I, I yelled, help, and help, and no answer. No, no one was there. So being a strong Christian, I turned to my faith and mm-hmm. really asked God to you know, help me out of this situation. And I ended up driving my four-wheeler off a 20-foot embankment and had a compressed compressed spine and a broken jaw in two places, broken ribs, and mm. I laid out there all night long. Wow. And the next morning, yes, laid there all night. And the next morning, a fireman found me after being there all night, and I was mm-hmm. rushed to the hospital mm-hmm. to uh, have an eight-hour surgery. Mm. Let me ask you, because you mentioned your faith and praying to God during that time of being there in that embankment and being alone. What were some of the thoughts that went through your head? I mean, as far as, you know, what was life going to be like? Would you even live through that? Um, Anything like that that you can share with our listeners? Because we often have uh, people on the show and listeners who have gone through very traumatic and tragic events and it's very compelling for people to share some of the real-life thoughts they had in the moment. Yes, when I was on my back, unable to move, I was just making a promise with God, making a commitment to God that, you know, God, at this moment, I wasn't living my life to the fullest as mm. I thought I was. I mm. had so much potential. I wasn't motivated. I wasn't the best person that Matt Corson could be. And I told him from this point on that no matter what obstacles in my way, that I will make a difference in this world, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to be the person that I'm supposed to be. Mm. So do you think up to that point you really weren't sure of your 
life purpose, even though you had a good life and you were in school and all that? A hundred percent. I really do not believe that the life I had planned was what was planned for me. The life that Matt Corson had planned, I believe God had bigger things in store for me and things in store to really make a difference in this world, not only for myself, for my family, but for others out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's powerful. Very, very powerful. Do you think that despite that hope that you had that something you know, you would survive, that someone would come and help you, that there were some part of you that thought, you know, maybe this is it, maybe this is the end of my life. And what did that look like for you if those were your thoughts at all? Well, really, Angela, after laying there, uh, when I was speaking with God, I told God that I'm his. I'm committed to him, and I have really strong faith. And my parents raised me in a Christian home with really strong faith, faith and I told God that from this point on, whatever he wants, I'm his. If he wants me to die right here, I'll die right here. I'm I'm giving my life to him, and he's given me so much, and uh, I I guess God wasn't really ready to take me yet. Mm, Obviously not, and thankfully not, because you have changed other people's lives and inspired and encouraged them with your story, and I think that's amazing that you have taken your promise to God and really began to live it out in these last few years so what happened during that time, the initial recovery time after your surgery? What was it like for you, and how did you deal with all the emotions and the physical pain, I'm sure, was tremendous during that time? It, it was. It was, a, it was a definitely a drastic change in my life and the others, others around that are my friends and family's lives. And uh, I was in the hospital, and the doctor came in, and I was like, you know, Doc, when, when am I going to be able to get out of the hospital and, you know, get back to playing? baseball and everything and he said son from with this type of injury that you sustained that it's impossible to recover from you you have basically a one percent chance to ever recover and that was really hard to think and my whole outlook after that was so uh i have a chance Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm gonna beat this and uh, seeing my friends and family come into the emergency room and come in and visit me and seeing big strong friends come in and just breaking down and crying it just I knew I had to be strong and I knew that there's two ways you can look at this this injury there's one way you can say all right well you know that's tough and we can just get down and we can just you know feel sorry for ourselves or we can stand up and get our life back and I was motivated and determined to go get my life back and I was going to beat this Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that based on what you've said so far about your upbringing and your family, your family must have instilled in you a sense of perseverance and the motivation needed to succeed and to do something with difficult circumstances. Would you say that's true? Oh, a hundred percent. My father is my hero. He he's been there for me every step of the way. And when I was at my worst in the hospital, my, I always say my family was at their best. And my father, he uh, he would work 40-hour weeks and uh, work all throughout the day and then come home at night and help me work and do therapy to try to regain my life. And my mother, she researched and researched just to find all the opportunities for me. And mm-hmm. I know that the way I was I was brought up, it turned me into the man I am today. And mm-hmm. I hope that you know I can be half the man that my father is. And when I go and look at other individuals in the hospital that had similar injuries to me, it 
really just, you know, gives you a sense to be thankful for what you have, for the Mm -hmm. family you have and the support you have. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned that at your blog uh, about the people that many, many people out there who don't have the support system that you have, who don't have friends or family to stand by their side to help encourage and support them and motivate them to overcome or deal with some of their disabilities. Can you share more about some of the stories that you've come across of people like that that helped motivate you to decide to do the blog and do motivational speaking? Yes, I see a lot of individuals that, like I said earlier, that there's two ways you can look at your injury. and Some of them, you know, you always can turn to something and some of them turn to, you know, depression and just just give up and I want people to know as human beings we have so much potential and Mm -hmm. we can accomplish anything if we put our mind to it and going to those hospitals and seeing individuals that don't have the support and everything it it really breaks my heart Mm -hmm. a lot of them have so much potential and it's just the opportunities aren't there and from that moment on I I I made a promise to my father and to my mother that I was going to make a difference in this world and I wasn't going to let this injury beat me and with this injury through motivational speaking to try to inspire others to achieve their fullest potential or also after graduating I hope to go into health administration to help provide opportunity for others that have so much potential but just can't do it financially or, or anything like that so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hopefully that with my injury we can uh, we can make a difference in someone else's lives and if, if it's just one life it's you know my, my injuries the injury that I sustained it's worth it I, I, I would not go back and change anything because the greatest thing in the world is helping someone else. And if that's I can right. Extend the health. That, that's 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 it. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. I agree, obviously, and and that's what we're trying to do. At Your story matters. Is to share stories like yours that do matter, that do impact the world, and everyone has a story and everyone has a life purpose. And I love that you're sharing a part of yours, and that you have also figured out through your journey so far what your life purpose is. Can you share with the listeners some of what the healing process was for you and the things, I've read some exciting things on your blog about the changes you've had in your ability to walk and move and feel. Yes, I I was determined to walk again. I I told my father that I would walk again. I told my friends, you know, I owed it to them as much as they supported me and much as they provided me opportunities to uh, do therapy, I owed it to to them to give them my best and through uh, a lot of hard work and strong faith I remember laying in bed and calling my mom in the back and my dad like hey come on this and I was able to move a toe and then months later I'm able to move a leg and then I'm standing up bearing my own weight and eventually when I graduated college I was able to walk across stage to receive my diploma and mm. you know it's just it's just it's just a celebration of how God, how good God is and mm-hmm. how if you want something bad enough, don't ever give up because mm-hmm. you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. That's right. But how did you go about achieving that? Because obviously you didn't just wake up and be able to start feeling your toe or being able to feel your leg and move your leg and that type of thing. So can you explain to the listeners what you've done so far to gain back some of your ability to feel and move? With my injury, I really had to find a way to being paralyzed from the belly button, I really have to find a way to attack those muscles. And uh, like I said earlier, my dad would come home at night and he would help me do exercises to uh, attack my legs. And we would uh, do all types of different exercises. And I went to therapy institutes. I went to Kennedy Career Institute in Baltimore. 
and there I would perform spinal cord injury therapy. My doctor, Dr. Sadowski, is one of the best doctors in the world when it comes to spinal cord injury, and their program is it's activity-based. It's to use activity in your lower limbs to try to, I guess, wake those nerves up and wake those muscles up. It's a lot of muscle strengthening and everything. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of heroes here. When I grew up, I always thought that the athletes were the heroes, the, you know, the Drew Brees or the Peyton Mannings. But after uh, seeing the individuals in these institutes, you know, try so hard to move a finger, try so hard to, you know, move a toe, it, it really puts a hero in perspective. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And, and like you said, it takes not just the physical ability, but the heart to be able to, you know, be willing to go through, I'm sure, yeah. painful exercise and sometimes frustrating exercise to get to where you're trying to get to and what you're trying to achieve. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's all heart. And my father instilled that with me as I was a child to, you know, when we're on the baseball field to never give up and to go 110%. Try to do that each and every day, and everything that I do now, I miss promise to God. I can't let it as much as He's given me. I can't let Him down now. And what is it that you would say to the listeners? Were things that you would do besides praying, which is huge because I'm a big prayer person myself, that you would do when you felt frustration, when you felt the depression coming or the discouragement? Because you know it's just normal that we all feel that at times. Sure. Sure, there's always times of frustration, always times of I would lay there and see someone walking like, how do they do that? But then I would just, whenever I got frustrated, I would always just sit in my wheelchair, not move, close my eyes, and just think, you know, it could always be worse. I can't even move right now. You know, I have the gift of, you know, my arm function and my eyesight and my nail. It could always be worse. And, uh, you know, be thankful for what you have because... You know, there's always there's other people that are worse out there and would change places with you in a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good perspective, and I have to agree. I think that, you know, a lot of us go through devastating things and trauma and different events in our lives, but there is often always someone worse and, and dealing with a different situation. And like you said, it could be a lot of things. It could even be that they're just simply alone, and that's really hard to deal with compared to sometimes physical injuries or illness, that type of thing. Absolutely. It's just it's just a way to look at things and if you really want something and with the resources, uh you just have to go get it and I'm very blessed to have the these resources of such a great family and friends and it, it really motivates me and it, it makes things a little less frustrating. hmm I'm sure, I'm sure. And so now you've had this whole turnaround in your life and you've basically had to rethink and redo your life. And what does that look like for you as far as what the future holds? Because I'm sure it's vastly different than what you thought before this incident in 2006. Yes, before my accident, I was a uh, construction management major. Like I said earlier, I uh, always wanted to be like my brother. When my older brothers was into construction, so I wanted to join him. But uh, after my accident, I felt that, had a, a bigger purpose, not that construction's not a big purpose, but had a purpose to change other individuals' lives. I'm motivated, Angela. Each day, I'm I get mo- I'm more motivated. I want to go out there and I want to try to change the world and influence as many people that I can. And 
tell individuals that are going through tough times. We all go through tough times. Tell individuals that we're going that are going through tough times to go to the dictionary, find the word impossible, and scratch it out. Because nothing is impossible. We can all achieve our fullest potential. And I hope that through my accident and through the difficulties that I had to overcome, that it'll make an impact in other people's lives and it can make a change to the betterment, I guess, of society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that sometimes that's what it takes is for someone to hear someone like you talk about perseverance and being motivated and not giving up and things like that because, you know, it's those few words sometimes that change someone else's perspective or reminds them that it's not completely hopeless ever. Sure. It's, uh, nothing's hopeless. Uh, we all, we all have a chance. You have to fight for that chance. And until a chance is gone, you, you got to keep fighting. We all go through this, have a road that seems so great. And all of a sudden there's a drastic bend in it. There's a cancer there. There's addiction. There's other things involved. And you have to meet those challenges head on. And, you know, we have a chance. We have the opportunity to, to beat these ends in the roads. And I know that through my experience that I was told I had a 1% chance to ever stand up and take a step. And with that 1%, we've, uh, we've achieved it. And we all have potential and we can do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. 1% is not very good odds, but I'm glad that you <laughs> overcame them. And I know that part of what you do is bike riding, and you talk about FES on your blog. Can you tell the listeners about that? Yes, uh, I ride a bike. It's uh, made by Restorative Therapies. It's a bike that places electrodes on your legs, on your uh, quadriceps, your hamstrings, and your uh, glutes. And these electrodes contract your muscles. And while they contract your muscles, it makes your leg move. So it teaches your... I ride a bike. And with the contractions of my muscles, it pedals the bike. So I ride the bike for an hour, around 11 miles, approximately five days a week. And I've done this for the past four years. I really credit it. It's, it's been a huge part of my uh, recovery. It's really strengthened my muscles, a lot of muscle re-education. And uh, it's an unbelievable piece of equipment. Sounds like it. And that was something that you discovered through research and going through the place that you've done most of your recovery? Yes, uh, my mother was very vital in that. She tried to find the best things, the best opportunities for me, and uh, this was one of those. And it's another situation where the technology today in society is just amazing. I uh, I would meet other individuals with spinal cord injuries, and they would be envious of me of the time that I was injured just from all the technology that is available now. And, uh, mm-hmm. for example, this bike, they're actually developing this a stair stepper now that uses the electrical stimulation to do like an elliptical and it's it's pretty awesome so the just the technology available is i'm very blessed to be around some of the state-of-the-art technology that's wonderful is there a particular website or someplace that you can direct listeners to that are looking for these types of resources uh, yes for the bike it is restorative therapies.com uh, if you google restorative therapies that would probably be the best way to find that and um, I also have a website that has a lot of my exercises that I perform on it and that's mattcorson.org www.mattcorson.org I love that and I've been to your site and uh, love reading about your journey and the things that you've shared there I know that you've been on CNN Human Factor and that's awesome that you were able to share your story with so many through that means 
So I'm just very thankful that you're taking your situation and your story and making a difference in others' lives. Share with the listeners, what would you say to someone who says, you know, I've been through this or that and it's been traumatic and I want to do something that creates purpose and meaning out of it. What would you say to them about where to start? Because, you know, it's not always easy to just get up and say, okay, I'm going to do something with this tragedy. It's sometimes a process. And how would you direct someone if they wanted to do something with what they've lived through? One of the big things to share your story and to, you know, try to make help other individuals is it starts with yourself. And I remember being in that hospital bed and telling my dad that I'm going to make a difference in this world. I was so motivated to make a difference. And I think the first thing that starts with you, you have to make a difference in yourself before you can make a difference in others. Before my accident, I was not the most motivated person. I wasn't the most, I wasn't the best person that Matt Core could be. And before I could make a difference in any other one's life, I had to get my own life right, live my life to the full, live my life to the fullest potential and be the best person that Matt Corson can be. And before that, I couldn't help anyone else. So I, I definitely suggest, mm. you know, for your listeners to, it starts with you. Your mm-hmm. actions are the best advertisement of your, of making a difference. Being the best person that you can be and living your life to the fullest and, you know, never giving up. It's just powerful. I think that is powerful and that's a powerful statement that you've made because I think that that's very true. It's hard to really live out our life purpose and create major impact in other people's lives if we don't have our own life in order, so to speak, and if we aren't you know, clear in our heart and our mind about what our purpose is, who we are, and those types of things. But I wonder, what do you do during those times that you feel some discouragement? And I'm sure you must ask yourself once in a while, you know, what is this all about? What What am I doing here? What's happening? Can you talk to the yeah. listeners about that? Because I, I always want to emphasize that, you know, we just don't wake up and have these thoughts and feelings and this motivation there's times that we feel a little discouraged or hopeless or whatever and I want to always be able to provide the listeners any insight as to how to deal with those day-to-day challenges. It's just human nature to be upset and to be discouraged at times and there's days where you know it's just it's it's good to just get it out be be discouraged for a little bit just let it get out of your system you know we we have a lot to be thankful for and if I could you know tell your listeners, the way I looked at my accident when I was discouraged and everything, I was, I would look at my life and really think about how lucky I am. As far as someone with a spinal cord injury, I saw a documentary on uh, individuals in Asia, and they didn't even have wheelchairs. They had to walk on their hands. Mm. It just really puts things in perspective of how lucky you are in living a country that we live in with all the opportunities. We're, we're very lucky. Mm. Just There's always other people that are worse off out there, and there's always times when you're going to be discouraged. Think think about the whole whole, whole situation that, hey, I have opportunities. I, I can beat this. Mm-hmm. I, I can beat this. Mm-hmm. That's the way I've, I've really tried to look at things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wonderful. Again, as you said earlier, you know, thinking about things that could be worse definitely helps put things in perspective. But I do like what you said a few minutes ago. You said that, you know, it's human nature and it's okay to be there sometimes, to just be discouraged and to feel that sense of hopelessness is pretty normal as long as we don't let that overwhelm our lives and take over our thoughts. I think that, you know, we just have to ride through those waves at times 
of feeling like, okay, is this it? Sure, that's 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 the truth. Uh, there's times when we're going to feel hopeless, and uh, that that's fine. We can feel that, but I guess there's a difference between feel and feel and real. There's a difference between feeling that and realizing that. Although we may feel that be hopeless, as long as we don't realize that hopelessness is an option, we will all be okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I love your quote at your site. It says, the difference between the possible and the impossible lies in the man's determination. That is so true, I think. And I think that that, again, is what you're speaking about now, is really what our thought process is, what we allow as our thoughts and what we do with the thoughts that aren't so good versus the good ones. Sure. Uh, one of my best friends, his name is Anson Stewart, he uh, visited me and he made a big poster for Senior English and it had that quote on it. And I had that quote in my room. I try to live by that quote. I try to stay determined, uh, not let the impossible overwhelm me. Don't not let the impossible be an option. With the determination, if you're determined enough, you can you can achieve anything that you, that you set your mind to. Mhm, mhm, absolutely. I definitely agree, and I commend you again for being willing to be on the show today and sharing your story and going out there and sharing your story with others who want to have you come in as a motivational speaker to their organization or group. And if anyone wants to contact you or read about your story and your blog, they can go to www.mattcorson.org and find more information and figure out how they can get you to come over and speak for them at their group or organization. And I just love that you're able and willing to share your journey with other people. Absolutely. Thanks, Angela. I really appreciate being on the show, and it's, it's, it's such an honor to be able to share my story with uh, such great listeners like you have, and uh, I'm just very humbled to have this opportunity to speak with you. Thanks, Matt. It was a pleasure.